Hallelujah. Every chain is broken. No more bondage. In you, I am free. Hallelujah. Just let that sink in for a minute. No more bondage. Every chain is broken. In you, I am free. In you, I am free. In you, I am free. See, when we take our rightful place and we understand that we are children of God, we're no longer children of this world, but we are children of the world to come, then we understand that we are free. And the Bible says, whom the Son set free is free indeed. When you know that you are free in Christ, you're able to praise God even when situations don't look favorable to you. You're even able to praise God even when people don't like you, even when people, they talk against you, even when people, they turn their backs on you. You're still free because you understand that you are a child of the King. And if you know that you're a child of the King, then you know that your father is rich and he has a thousand cattle on a thousand hills. He has a place prepared for you. He has a place prepared for me. And for that reason, I can rejoice and know that I'm free. I'm no longer bound by the sins of my past. I am free. I am free in Jesus Christ. And because I'm free in Jesus Christ, the love of Christ flows through me. I can love those who hate me. I can love my enemies. I can pray for those who despitefully use me and say all manner evil against me because I'm free because I'm free and when you know that you're free there's a freedom there's a freedom that resides on the inside there's a freedom that resides on the inside you have a praise on your lips you have a praise in your belly you have a praise in your hand you have a praise in your hand clap you have a praise in your dance because you know that you're free 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 anybody ever been bound and you know you were bound by something you were bound by a habit you were bound by the I just can't help it but God delivered you and he set you free and today you're able to stand here look up with no guilt look up with no shame because you know you're free you know you're free you know you're free you know what you know I'm not what I used to be I'm not what I want to be but I thank God today that I'm on my way I'm on my way because I'm free I'm free, I'm free, I'm free. Anybody ever been bound? Anybody ever been running from something? Anybody ever felt like something was on your track? Anybody ever felt like the devil had you bound? But today you can stand here and say, I'm free, I'm free. I'm free in Jesus Christ. I'm free in Jesus Christ and for that reason I praise him. I praise him even if I have to praise him by myself. I praise him even if I have to praise him by myself. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes when I think about all that God has brought me from, I can't help but lift up my hand. I can't help but give him praise. I can't help but give him the praise of my lip. I can't help but give him the praise of my shout. I can't help but give him the praise of my dance. Because you know what? I don't want the rock trying out for me. I don't want the rock shouting for me. I don't want the rocks or the trees to dance for me because he's been that good. He's been good to me. He's been better to me than I could be to myself. Anybody want to testify that he's been better? He's been better to me than I could be for myself. He's been better to me when I didn't deserve it. He was still good. Did you hear that? When I didn't deserve it, he was still good. When I was living a life of sin, when I was doing everything I was big and bad enough to do, he was still good. He was still good, even when I was doing wrong. He was still good. That's the kind of God that we serve, y'all. We serve an awesome God.
And for that reason, we have to make a decision. We have to be determined that I'm going to go with him. I'm going to go with him if I have to go by myself. I'm going to go with him. I'm not going to turn back. I come too far. Song said, I come too far to turn around. Y'all, we can't turn around. We got to keep moving forward. We got to keep moving forward because the finish line is just up ahead. It's just up ahead. Amen. Amen. We thank God. Thank God for you. Thank God for his most precious holy word on today. No more bondage. No more change. The chain have been broken. See, the enemy wants you to think that you're still bound, but I got good news for you this morning. There is freedom in Jesus Christ. There is freedom in Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we love you. We thank you for all your people that are here on this day, Father God. And Lord, we pray right now, Lord, as you move about this room, oh God, and you're touching the hearts and the minds of your people. Father, my prayer is that you will meet them where they are. Lord, you know what they have need of even before it is asked. And Father God, we know that you're blessing right now. We know that you're healing right now. We know you're mending right now. We know that you are setting the captives free right now. And Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus as we prepare to move further into this service. Father, we pray, Lord, as the song said, Lord, that you are glorified. That you are glorified in our lives, oh God. Let my life, oh God, glorify you. Let everything that I do and the things that I say, oh God, let it glorify you, oh God. Father, for I know that I am nothing, Lord God. We are nothing but vessels to be used by you, oh God. And it's for your glory, it is for your honor, oh God, that we were created, oh God. And God, you have allowed us, Lord, to see these years, oh God. Lord God, we thank you for the babies, oh God, and our prayer is that they will grow up and to become adults, oh God, to also spread the word of God. Father, we thank you for the young adults, Father, that they will grow up and spread the word of God. Father, we thank you, oh God, that we, oh God, in our seasons of life, oh God, that we are glorifying you in this season of our lives, oh God. Lord, we thank you for your mercy and your kindness that you've shown us, oh God, even when we were wrapped up and tied up and tangled up in sin. Lord God, you saw our end, oh God, from our beginning. And Father, you saw us even when we were in the middle, oh God, on our way to be those whom you called, oh God, to do a mighty work for you. And Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, oh God, as we prepare to move forward, oh God, that your word, oh God, will ring loud and true in the hearts and the minds of your people. And God, when it's all said and done, Lord, we want to hear you say, well done. Well done, thy good and faithful servants. Come on into your rest. Come on into the place in which I prepared for you. God, that is our aim. That is our goal, that you be glorified. And Father, we thank you for all that are here, and we pray your blessings upon each and every one. It's in Jesus' name that we ask these things. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you all again for coming out today and being a part of Lighthouse Service. It wouldn't be what it is already if it was not for the goodness of the Lord. And God, he speaks to us in many ways. One of the ways in which he speaks to us 
is through his written word. And then he also speaks to us through song, through music, it ministers to our spirit. I'm so grateful that God has blessed us to see September. We are on our way to moving toward the final quarter of 2022. Pastor Todd, in my business, we look at the fourth quarter as being one of the most profitable quarters for us because it has several holidays, holidays in which people will spend a lot of money. So for us, we can't wait to get to the fourth quarter. But for as a believer, the fourth quarter is a time for us to reflect on what we have accomplished or where we have fallen short. And as I was preparing for the next series, we took a break from series. I gave you several different messages, but I'm returning back to series where there's more than one because I can't give it to you all at once because it's too much. We'd be here for a while. But as I was listening to the song, and it and just ministered to me that we are on the right track. If you have your Bibles, we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to give you some scripture, and then we're going to do our message, and we will have our communion at the end of service. So I'm going to ask you all to stay for that. But if you have your Bibles, we're looking at Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to give you our scripture text. And then we're going to go on with our message. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24. And that you put on the new man, which was created according to God, in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, put away lying. Let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. I would like to use for our text today, for our title, for our theme, for our subject, tell the truth, the gospel truth. So tell the truth is a part of a series that we will be teaching from. Tell the truth, the gospel truth. As I was reading uh, over these verses here in Ephesians, and I took my text, but then this morning, I saw something that I needed to back up. So if you still have your pen there, let's go up to verse 20. It says, for you have not so learned Christ. And then it's like, you have not so learned Christ if you are still 
living a life of sin. Indeed, you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. That you put off concerning your former conduct. Put off your former ways. Your former ways are the ways of the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Verse 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Here we go. And that you put off, put on, I'm sorry, the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. 25, therefore, put away lying. Let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Tell the truth, the gospel truth. The gospel truth is the teaching or the revelation of Jesus Christ. It is the church mission to preach the message of Jesus Christ to all people. Got this this morning. God's grace will produce a positive change in the lives of his people. God's grace will produce a positive change in the lives of his people. We love truth because it is the way we were created by God. Every step that we take in the direction of valuing truth and resisting to listen to a follow a following that which is not true, in other words, following that which is a lie, moves us closer to understanding that God is true. That was a lie. Every step we take in the direction of valuing truth and resisting to listening and to following that which is not true, that is, that which is a lie, we move closer to understanding that God is true and to fulfilling the promise of Jesus, that is, the all-important truth will heal us and make us free. When we hear truth, when we stand for truth, when we abide in truth, then we understand we are free. When we understand that Jesus Christ is true and we abide in him, if you abide in me and my word abide in you, you can ask what you will. See, you, you freely can come because you know that you are free because you're abiding in truth. Jesus is true. At some point, when we talk about truth, when we talk about uh, what is right, and we look around and we see what is going on in our world, we see what is going on in our imperfect world, 
we question uh, uh, sometimes, is truth relevant today? Because to get what you want, you got to lie sometime. Is that right? Is that, is that what people say? To get your way, you, you, you have to lie sometime. You have to try to manipulate people in order for things to, to, to happen the way that you want them to happen. You have to make things happen for yourself. Isn't that right? You see, it's not always easy to take the side of truth. We live in a society today where people don't want to hear the truth. They want you to tell them what they want you to tell them. They want you to tell them what is good. They don't want you to tell them about sin. They don't want you to tell them about the sin in their lives. People want you to tell them what they want to hear. So understand that when you're standing for truth, when you're going to take the side of truth, it's not always going to be easy. And guess what? It's not always going to be popular. Because the majority of the folk don't want to stand for what is right. They don't want to do what is right according to God's standards. They want to do what I want to do, right? But to choose truth is to do what is right. To choose truth is to do what is right. What will eventually help everybody else? See, when you're in a position of leadership, you have to make some decisions. If you're a business owner, Pastor Todd, you know you have to make some business decisions. And sometimes the decisions that you have to make, not favorable to everyone else. Everyone won't agree with the decision that you have to make. But you have to make a decision that's in the best interest of everybody else. Not for one individual, but for everybody else. You make the best decision that's in the interest of everybody else. That's what a good leader does. Not the decision that's in my best interest. We got some folks, we got some folks that go to a particular church simply because it's in their best interest, not because it's in the interest of everybody else, not because they're benefiting from it. The benefit that they're getting is that I go to church A over here, I go to church B over here. That's the only benefit they're getting because the truth is not being preached. But to choose truth, you understand that it is not always going to be popular. It's not going to be favored by the majority. Every choice made to follow and to obey simple truth is a choice that will enable everyone to be free. Y'all didn't get that. Every choice made to follow and obey simple truth is a choice that will basically enable everyone to be free. See, when I understand that following truth is the way that I should be going, is the right way, is the way that pleases God, guess what? As I'm following, song said, chains are broken. As I'm following, all of a sudden I realize, sis, I'm no longer in bondage. As I'm following, I realize some things of my past, they've fallen off of me. And the next thing you know, I'm down there and I'm doing the will of God and I realize, you know what? free. I, I, don't even, I don't even think about that stuff anymore. I don't even want to do that anymore. That, that's not even in my thought anymore. That language does not come out of my mouth anymore. Why? Because I'm free. So when you make a choice to follow truth, understand it will lead you to a path of freedom. To have an opportunity. Here's the, here's the, here's the other part. Then you will have an opportunity to find out what your true purpose is. We got a lot of folks today don't even know what their purpose is in life, and it's at all ages. We got them young, and we give them a pass. 
But we also got them old. They don't know their purpose because they're not free. They're still in bondage. John 8, 31, 32, Jesus said to the people who believe in him, you are truly my disciples if you continue in my word. Remain faithful to my teaching. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. That was a lot. Jesus said to the people who believe in him, not in me, not in somebody else, not in this person, that person. He said, who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you continue, continue, continue in my word. That is to remain faithful to my teaching. You shall know the truth. See, that's how you're going to know it. You got to remain faithful to the teaching, to the word of God. Not when you feel like it, even when you don't feel like it. Sometimes, y'all, you're going to have to push your way through. But when you do that, he said, then you'll know truth and the truth will make you free. That thing that you've been praying for God to, to, to heal you of, to deliver you of, to bring you out of, guess what? When you stay faithful to him and you continue to follow along his path of righteousness, you continue to obey the will of God even when others are turning and going in opposite direction. Even when other people allow other things to occupy or to distract them, you remain faithful to what you know God has called you to do, to the position in which God has placed you in. Guess what? You're going to be free. And then you will be able to walk freely in your call. Now then, the book of Ephesians was written to strengthen the believers in the church of Ephesus in their Christian faith by explaining the nature and the purpose of the church, that is, the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit has given each Christian special gifts for building up the church. Now, we have these gifts it is crucial to use them. Many people are sitting down on their gifts today. They're not using their gifts today. They're sitting down on their gifts. Why? Because they're not free. The question is, are you spiritually mature? Spiritually mature to the point to where you're exercising the gifts God has given you. Or are you using your spiritual vision so you can see that this goes beyond what I can see with my natural eye. This goes beyond me. My purpose in being here is beyond me. It's beyond what I want, what I think, what I like. It's beyond that we were created to glorify God. But you don't see that if you don't have spiritual vision. If you know what your gifts are, look for an opportunity to serve. So if someone is serving me, they ask me what I want. They ask me what I would like, right? The server doesn't tell you what you should order. Now, you can ask for suggestions, but they're there to serve. And see, y'all, this is, y'all get this. This is where we get messed up in church. We think service is about me. Preacher, it's all about me. It's about how much money I can get. It's about how big a crowd I can draw. It's about me. It's about me having fine cars, jewelry, clothing. It's about me dressing from the nines to the tens. It's about me having diamond rings. It's about me, church member. It's about them singing my song. It's about him preaching sermons that make me feel good. If you're on an auxiliary, it's about me. It's about what I want. It's about how I think things should go. But you're supposed to serve. 
And who are we serving? We're serving one another, and we do what we do as unto God. Pastor Todd said that this morning. Whatever we do, we do it as unto the Lord. So if I'm doing what I'm doing, and I am, as unto the Lord, it doesn't matter about what folk think. It doesn't matter what they like or dislike. My job is to tell you the truth. Jesus said to those who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you continue in my word. That is to remain faithful to my teaching. You shall know truth and the truth shall make you free. So when you're walking in freedom and God has placed you in a position to lead, whatever that is, wherever that is, you walk in freedom. So when you have to make decisions sometimes that's not popular to folk, you're free. Because you know you're doing what is right, what is pleasing to God. So then, when we know that we're operating in our gifts and we use our gifts to serve, which is what we're called to do, then guess what? God is pleased. For some, they don't know what their gifts are, but guess what? You can ask God to show you. The answer may come, listen to this, the answer may come through the help of a pastor. The answer may come through the help of a preacher or teacher or even a Christian friend. Once you begin to recognize your spiritual, uh, uh, your special area of service, use your gift to strengthen and encourage the church. It's not about me. If my talent is to sing, then I'm singing to glorify God. So it's edifying the church. If I'm working on an auxiliary in the church, then I do that to glorify God, edify the church. Is my gift in teaching, then I teach to glorify God. To edify the church. That's what it is. To, to encourage one another. We come together. When you all come together, we come together to encourage one another. When we open up our mouth and we share testimonies, guess what? You are encouraging somebody else who may be going through the same thing or maybe, guess what? They're going to go through it tomorrow. And because of your testimony, guess what? They were strengthened to continue to give, to keep going and not give up. There have been folk that have went to church and guess what? Left church and went and committed suicide simply because they felt that there was no hope. We come together to let you know that there is hope, but hope is in Jesus Christ. It's not in a thing. It's not in a person. It's in Jesus Christ. Hope is in Jesus Christ. And to understand that we need that hope, we have to first recognize that we are a people in need of a Savior. We're in need of being Savior. I can't do this all by myself. I can't do it all by myself. God has given the church a great responsibility. You and I have a responsibility not just to come and occupy the pews, not just to come and, 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 and be glad that the choir sung my song today, but we have a responsibility to go out and to make disciples of every nation. Matthew 28, 18, 20, that is the great commission that Jesus gave. This involves preaching, teaching, healing, nurturing, giving, administrating, building, and many other tasks. If we had to fulfill this command as individuals, guess what? We would give up and go home. Why? Because it's impossible. But God has called all of us, all of us, we are members of this body. We are members of this church. So you can do one task, somebody else can do another task. You are not called to go it alone, y'all. We need each other. We're not called to go it alone. Together, we can obey him more fully than any of us could alone. But guess what? It is our human tendencies to overestimate what we can do by ourselves. 
and to underestimate what we can do in a group of other believers. The truth is just the opposite. As a body of Christ, we can do more working together than we ever dreamed possible alone. Look at where we are. A thought, a dream, a prayer, but we're here because we did it together. Jesus Christ is truth, John 14, 6, and the Holy Spirit who guides the church is the spirit of truth. Jesus Christ is truth. The Holy Spirit who guides the church is the spirit of truth. But I got to warn you, Satan is the father of lies. Remember at the beginning? He says, put away lying. Put away lying. Let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one body. Satan is the father of lies. As a follower of Jesus Christ, we must be committed to truth. That means both in our word, our words will be uh, honest, We'll be honest in our actions, and those things will reflect the integrity of Jesus Christ. That is the quality of being uh, uh, one of his disciples. We have strong moral qualities. We have strong principles simply because we're living according to truth. Speak truth in love. Get this. Speaking truth in love is not always easy. Speaking truth in love is not always easy. It's not always convenient, nor is it always pleasant. But it is necessary if the church is going to do what Christ's work requires of us in the world. We must be uh, complete people. We must be a people that is undivided in our commitment to God first and then to our commitment to one another. A false message gives false hope. Stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbor the truth. We are Christ's ambassadors. We must stop lying to people and tell them the truth, even if it hurts. People should be able to see that there is a difference between you as a Christian and a non-Christian and a non-believer. But it's sad to say that the world cannot tell the difference in most folks. Because you're doing the same thing that they're doing. You're going the same places that they're going. You're saying the same things. You're, you're jumping on, on the bandwagon with everybody else. So the world can't see that there is a difference as uh, you being a follower of Jesus Christ. But understand, there is a difference between a Christian and a non-Christian because the way of the Christian, uh, the way that the Christian lives should be a way that glorifies God. Paul tells the Ephesians to leave behind the old life of sin now that you are followers of Jesus Christ. We got to leave the past in the past. We got to leave the old life behind us. That's truth, y'all. Understand that the Christian life, it is a process. To live like Christ, it is a process. It's not going to happen overnight. That's truth. The good news is that Jesus formed us into the holy body, into groups of individuals who are united for their purpose and in their love for one another, for Jesus Christ. Sometimes, Dr. Pooh, you know, you have to tell people things that they may not want to hear. For example, doctor has to tell a person they have cancer. It's a very difficult conversation to have, but nevertheless, the news has to be delivered. Sometimes you have to tell people that your, your loved one is not going to make it. That's not something that people want to hear, but it's true. You have to do it. 
as children of God, as men and women of God, we have to tell people truth. Truth is, God is not pleased with some of uh, some of the ways in in which many of us are living. That's true. But you see, by telling people the truth, what we don't understand is that it's also an opportunity to let them know there's hope. What you're doing is wrong, but there's hope. You can turn from that. You don't have to continue to live that lifestyle. You don't have to continue a life of sin. You don't have to continue to go down that path. There is hope, and that hope lies in Jesus Christ. Just as a doctor uh, uh, tells his patients the truth, he also tells them a solution. So as men and women of God, we tell you what does say the Lord from the word of God. We tell you about your sin. We tell you about the things that is not pleasing to God. But we also tell you that there is a solution. The solution is Jesus. To turn to him right now while the blood is still running warm in your veins, there is still hope. There is still an opportunity. There is still time. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. In the same way that we don't want to tell people truth, I got to leave this with you. We don't like to talk to people about hell. We don't want to tell them the truth about hell. I said we don't want to tell people the truth about hell. We're willing to tell them that Jesus loved them and he has a plan for their life, but we, we don't want to tell them about hell. We tell them that he will forgive their sins and will give them joy and peace. We tell them that. We don't mind telling them that. We don't mind quoting John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We don't mind telling them that. But what if they say, I don't really want to believe in Jesus? I don't really think I need Jesus. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty happy with my life the way that it is. But then they turn and they ask you, so, so if I feel that way, what's going to happen to me when I die? We don't want to say the H word. But Psalms 917 says the wicked should be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. Those who reject God and pursue evil will end up in hell. That's true. As opposed to those who honor God, for they will be rescued. See, the solution, the answer. Hell is a place of a painful memory and conscious suffering. I got proof. Jesus told the story about a rich man who died and went to hell. Hades in some translations. The place appointed for the unbeliever. So if y'all didn't know before, you know today, there is a place for the unbeliever. You got a Bible? Luke 16. This is what you're going to walk away with. Hell is real. I got proof. Luke chapter 16, verse 23. I'm sorry. Luke chapter 16, let's start, look at verse 19. 16, 19. There was a certain rich man 
who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fair scrumptiously every day. In, every word, in other words, he looked good every day. He was dressed to the, to the nines every day. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus full of sores who, who was laid at his gate. Desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's side, bosoms in some translations. The rich man also died and was buried. And being in torment in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom or at his side. Then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy upon me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. For I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you receive your good things and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted and you are in torment. And besides this, between us and you there is a great gulf. It's fixed. So that those who want to pass from here to you cannot. Nor can those from there pass to us. Then he said, talking about the rich man, I beg you therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house. For I have five brothers that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. Abraham said to him, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, no, Father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to him, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither would they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. See, the rich man in hell, he was suffering. He was in anguish. The rich man in hell was separated from paradise. The rich man was remorseful in that he remembered the life that he lived on earth. Abraham told him to remember that there was a difference in you when you lived on the, when you lived on the earth. See, you were rich, you had everything, and then Lazarus was poor. He didn't have anything, and he just desired to just have the crumbs from your table. Lazarus was in such a poor condition until dogs came and licked his sores. You can't get any lower than that. So you see, living the life that you want to live on this life, in this life, on this earth may be pleasing to you, but there is an afterlife. You do go someplace after you leave here. Jesus said so. It's right there in the Word. It's right there in the Word. And see, what people have to understand truth, in hell, the wicked cannot look forward to a second chance. There is no second chance in hell. See, he, he was asking, but there is no second chance in hell. It's over. The eternal faith is sealed. They must suffer forever apart from God. That's what hell is, suffering apart from God. 
Jesus will judge all nations at his second coming. And he will co-sign to them their eternal punishment or their reward. The person who has no heart for the work of the kingdom will be punished. But God will reward the faithfulness. And he will reward the faithful. Those who bear no fruit for the kingdom cannot expect to be treated the same as the faithful. This rich man, he was rich in his life on earth, but his riches couldn't help him where he went. That's true. People need to know truth. You see, we don't want to tell people about hell, but in reality, when we don't do that, Pastor Todd, we're failing to give them hope. We're failing to give them truth, the gospel truth. Jeremiah 6.14 said, this is a false prophet who, would, who wouldn't tell the people the truth. They offer superficial treatment for my people, mortal wounds. They give assurance of peace when there is no peace. It would be like going to the hospital with a severe injury and then they give you a couple of aspirin and say, you go home, you're good. That's crazy, right? When you need help. Church, our world is in need of help. Our community is in need of help. Our church is in need of help. We have to encourage one another to let them know that we have a God to glorify. We have a choice to keep. And we must be about our Father's business. You see, if you really love people, then you tell them the truth. When I stand before God, I want to hear servant well done. You did what I commanded you to do, even when people didn't want to hear it. Even when it wasn't what the majority wanted to follow you still stood for truth. That's what we have to do. And it's my hope that you as a born-again believer, as we examine ourselves this day, and we say, Lord, if there's anything in my life that's not like you, I ask you to come in and, and heal me. I ask you to come in and cleanse me. Lord, I don't want my soul to be lost. I don't want to be like the rich man. Amen? Amen. So we're going to ask everyone to stand. We're going to do a prayer and as we prepare for our communion. As everyone standing today, as we prepare to take our communion, I want all of us to think about truth. What is true? Truth is what the Word of God says it is. It's not about my opinion. It's not about what I think. It's not about what I like. It's about what the word of God says. If we fail as men and women of God to tell people the truth, then they won't know that the life that they're living is not pleasing to God. We don't want anyone to, to be mistaken about what truth is because it's here in the word of God. Let's bow our heads. Gracious Father, we thank you once again for all that are gathered here. Father, we thank you for your word, Lord God, that has went forth on this morning. We pray, Father, that, Lord, we will be a people of truth who will stand for what is right. Not only stand for what is right, but do what is right in our actions, in our conversations, in our service. Father, we heard this morning that our service is to you, not unto man, O oh God. And whatever we do, we do it to glorify you. And we know in this, oh God, you will bless us, oh God. 
more than we ever dreamed possible. You will take us further than we ever dreamed possible. And Father, I pray right now for all that are standing here today as you move around this room, oh God, and you touch the heart and you speak to the hearts of the men and women that are standing here. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, if there's something in our lives that's not like you, our behavior patterns, our thought patterns, our habits, our hang-ups, whatever it is, Father, I pray right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that we can leave it here at the altar today as we prepare to take up your communion, oh God. You said for us to do this do this as often as we do it, we do it in remembrance of you. Father, we do it in remembrance of what you've done for us already, oh God, and that you healed us, you delivered us, oh God, and you set us free, Father. Lord, we think about you taking our place on the cross. Your shedded blood, oh God, was, was shedded for me, for my sins and the sins of the whole world. Father, I pray right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would give us a heart of love, a heart of compassion, a heart of forgiveness, oh God, that we can forgive others, oh God, as you've forgiven us much we can forgive others much, oh God. And Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, you will strengthen us in our Christian walk, Father. For help us to know, Father, it is a daily choice. It's a daily decision that we have to make, God, to be determined to go all the way with you, oh God. And not to turn to the right nor to the left, but Father, to continue to move forward as you lead us and guide us, oh God. Father, I pray you protect us from the dangers that are seen and the dangers that are unseen as we move about, as we travel up and down the dangerous highways. Father, we thank you for your heads of protection around us, around our families, around our children, oh God. Father, we thank you for all that are here on this day, oh God. We pray that you be glorified, oh God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.